Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the 5-1 Volleyball Podcast, the best place to keep up to date with everything going on in the world of professional volleyball. Today's episode, we are finally able to talk about actual Italian league matches and actual volleyball matches because, yes, the Italian Super League has started, the Polish Plus League is starting, we're starting volleyball in Russia, we even had some Champions League matches So there's a lot going on in the volleyball world, finally, after many, many months of wondering what's going to happen, when will we start volleyball, will we have a season, what's going on, we finally are able to start, albeit a bit uh, constricted in the number of fans that are able to attend events, the number of people that are allowed in the venue in terms of media, but the TV product is most of the same. And we have some stuff to talk about in the first uh, the first weekend of volleyball. So enjoy the Five One Volleyball podcast. So let's start with kind of the event that kicked the weekend off. The Super Cup Finals between Lube Civitanova and Perugia. And I'm not a huge fan of the Super Cup format. I think the Mid-Season Cup... So, okay, so to backtrack, in most professional leagues in Europe, there are three kind of events throughout the season. The Super Cup, which happens before the start of the regular season. The Cup, which happens kind of halfway through. And then, of course, the traditional playoffs and then... Uh, champion at the end out of those three i think the cup is really interesting to kind of have a mid-season tournament something more serious taking place in the middle of the season for teams to test themselves against each other Uh, sometimes there's a bit of a lull i think uh, with nba nfl seasons uh, kind of midway through that i think is alleviated to a certain extent by having this cup but the super cup preseason tournaments i don't know i have trouble taking it seriously Uh, usually it's a bit sloppy as teams still need to work together yeah, so I think the beginning of the regular season serves the same purpose. And because of the Super Cup, I feel like I'm I'm a little less excited about the first games that each team is playing. So yeah, I would cut this if I could, but it was it was a pretty intense match with Perugia taking it in a pretty exciting ending there uh, in five sets. Very close, very tense play between these two teams. And if this is what we're going to get from Lube versus Perugia all season, then sign me up. Sign me up for Lube versus Perugia cup championship finals champions league finals i mean that's basically what we've had the last couple of years but yeah it's really exciting wilfredo lead on excellent start to the season winning uh the mvp vote in this one scoring 31 points throughout the five sets only one ace with uh eight errors which is uh low for him but he was serving pretty well a lot of those uh a lot of those other ones resulted in points that aren't really counted on the stat sheet but an incredible 27 for 42 attacking definitely the by far the most sets out of anyone on the team so yeah if he can keep up that level of attacking efficiency and he basically did it all of last year he's going to be once again uh perugia's main weapon of course we have to talk about shawan vernon evans you know me as a canadian i'm sure there's a lot of canadians listening to this podcast who are interested in seeing shawan i mean he tore it up in ravenet last year in the super league but moving on to perugia arguably the top club team in the world is a big step up for him and starting you know opening the game starting they 
there's still a bit of an injury to Alexander Tanasevich. He was dressed for this game, but obviously not fit to go in the court yet. And Shawan had a good, couple good moments. He had a, a couple really excellent attacks, dodging the block. But I would say struggled a bit overall. He still results in a lot of continuations on his attacks, despite you know how dominant athletically he is. So I'd like to see him, um, you know, learn how to dodge the block a bit more. It's amazing when he does it. When he does it, there's no chance you're digging anything. He rarely gets dug, but he does get a lot of soft block touches that allow the opponent to counterattack. So yeah, he went out in the fifth set for uh, Teister Horse, traditionally more of an outside hitter, uh, came in sporadically throughout the match, but did go in in that uh, fifth set to start. I always thought Teister Horst, uh, Dutch outside hitter, more of a kind of opposite type player anyway. He's a very big guy, like huge outside hitter. I think he's 6'10", 6'11", really good jumper too. So, you know, kind of fits the model of a athletically dominant opposite. And he's not really a fantastic uh, passer either. So always wonder why he didn't make the switch to opposite at some point in his career. Maybe he was going to, and uh, Namir kind of stole that thunder from him on the Dutch national team. But he, he does play outside hitter usually for club teams as well. But uh, good signing in the offseason because you can see how Vidal Hainan, imagine Teister Horst can kind of slot in as an outside if Plotnitschke is not playing well, uh, slide in an opposite maybe if uh, Shawan and Adetanasevich are not playing well. So very multi multifaceted player. Uh, Sebastian Sole, another of Perugia's offseason signings, was also great in this one, hitting 8 for 12 and getting 5 blocks. No real surprises here. One of the top middle blockers in the world. Uh, has been great in Italy before when he played for Trentino and Verona. For Lube Civitanova, not too much has changed since the last year. Really, the only change in their lineup was uh, Simone Anzani in for Polish Mateusz Biniak. But even then, Anzani came in quite often during the regular season anyway. Outside hitters Osmani Wantarena and Yoandi Liel didn't have the best games, hitting 24 for 64 uh, together, so definitely not the best stat line. But I really trust both those guys will get better. They usually do as the season goes on. But a little more promising is uh, Luxembourgish opposite Camille Reiklicki, uh hitting 11 for 20, got blocked a few times in there. But given that he struggled a bit last season and there were some definite question marks over uh, Reiklicki versus Gafour and then Reiklicki versus um, Jan Hadrava this year, I really like Camille. I think he has the potential to be like a starter on a Lubitsch Ivanova type level of team. So uh, I think it's a really good sign for uh, the team that he was able to play fairly well uh, this game that being said though Jan Hadrava the Czech opposite coming in in the fifth set so yeah I think the leash will be short just like it was last year but some some good signs for Lube none of the guys look too old that was a bit, maybe a bit of a worry for Osmani Wantarena that this is the year that he finally starts to slow down but was jumping pretty well was moving pretty quickly I think he, he was a little sloppy but I don't think it was because of a drop in athleticism so yeah Perugia winning the Super Cup 3-2 but again for me for me it's not that interesting of a result but I'm sure we'll see these two teams face off in the future quite a few times this year all right so now let's hop around the league see uh, any big headlines any big results uh, that happened one other game that I watched quite a bit was Piacenza versus Ravenna uh, a couple exciting young players on Ravenna that I'm personally interested in watching. The main one being uh, Eric Lepke, 
the Canadian outside hitter coming over, finally playing pro from Trinity Western. I feel like we've been hearing rumors about Eric Lepke uh, going pro for like three or four years now, but finally he's out. And, you know, he was all right <laughs> in his first game, a uh, first official game, not counting Super Cup and preseason. He had his good moments, including a great uh, fake right hit to left-handed tip that I posted on my Instagram at 51VB if you want to see that really cool play. But yeah, um, still still, I'm struggling to adjust to how to operate around the block in Italy, which is obviously at a much, much higher level than the ones he faced in Canadian U Sports. Also a really cool game for young Italian outside hitter uh, Francesco Riccine, who is a big part of their youth teams over the last few years and is an interesting player to watch because he's only about six feet tall maybe six foot one so an incredibly rare to see a player especially in italy mm-hmm. who's that tall playing uh, at that level so he's kind of a fun watch especially if you're a shorter player yourself you can probably uh learn a few things from him and kind of showing that it's possible to play at that level and during the game he uh it <laughs> i thought he was having a really good game but you know go back and look at the stat sheet and he's only nine for 24 with uh, four errors in attack. So yeah, it didn't really translate to the stat sheet, but he had a couple of really good plays. But yeah, it, it's obviously really tough for a guy that that uh, short to score well, uh, mainly in there for his serving, passing, and things like that, but did have two blocks. So excited to see how his season plays out. And then Piacenza, also a team uh, with a lot of question marks. This game was closer then the 3-1 appears because Ravenna was leading in the third set for quite a bit before Piacenza stormed back at the end. But there were a lot of question marks for Piacenza because they fired their coach, uh, Gardini, before the season even started, which, in my opinion, is a little ridiculous to uh, fire a coach before you've even played one game. But I'm sure there was stuff, a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. In comes uh, Lorenzo Bernardi who was the coach of Perugia previously, so I'm sure a lot of you guys would recognize him, to get this uh, group into shape a bit because they have an extremely talented roster with Aaron Russell, Alberto Polo, Jorg Grosier, uh, here Zulo, the Cuban setter, Trevor Cleveno, who uh, is the captain and you know was played on the previous iteration of Piacenza. So yeah, they have a, a quite, quite a talented team. Uh, so it was a little surprising that they lost so early in the Super Cup and maybe lost a couple preseason games that they should have won. Uh, but on paper, they're for sure top four, top five team in the Super League, depending on what you think of Modena. But still a little a little questionable. Aaron Russell, I thought, struggled a bit at the beginning. He pretty much got served off the court at a certain point. And there was a lot of uh, service pressure from Ravenna with five aces. And I think they relied on your Grosier pretty heavily in this one. Got set 43 times. Did really well with them, scoring on 27 of those for a 63 hitting uh, percentage. So yeah, good look from Grosier. Hopefully he can stay healthy, but I don't think uh, it's maybe in the best interest of Piacenza to lean this heavily on him the entire time because he is a bit older. You know, he's a bit worn down and they have enough talent uh, with Polo, Russell, Trevor Cleveno in terms of attacking that they don't need to set Grosier 43 times in a four-set match. So uh, we'll see how it plays out for Piacenza. I I still think um, they need to figure a lot of things out.
So some other quick hitters from the other games in the Italian league. Trentino, who are one of the favorites in my opinion, just beat up on Padova 3-0, who despite a couple of surprise wins, especially over the aforementioned Piacenza in the Super Cup, yeah, they, they did not look great. Still still really going to wonder how this team's going to pass and how they're going to score this season. But yeah, 3-0, and, and the big headline here is uh, Nimir Abdelaziz opening up the season with 9 aces so you know okay maybe he's not playing a great reception team but uh yeah that's something to watch out for for sure there's a nice uh record from Wilfredo Leon that might be a uh, ripe to beat for Namir this season Namir's previous team uh Milano who I think is one of my uh favorite teams to watch this season with Stephen Mar Yuki Ishikawa uh two outside hitters with uh Jan Petri who's fitting in nicely as the replacement for Namir yeah made a very quick work of Latina, who came into the season with a bit of hype. They made some good signings. They made signed some talented, expensive players, but uh, didn't really work out in their favor here. Kevin Tilly especially was was real, real rusty. Uh, <laughs> hitting a three for 18 with four errors. So the rare uh, negative hitting percentage, especially on 18 sets, that's a, a really tough pill to swallow, but they'll need to rely on him because they don't really have anyone uh, they can replace him with, unless you want to keep him on the bench for Arresto Cavuto. But I don't really think uh, Latina wants to sign someone who, like Kevin Tilly, who is probably pretty expensive this season, and uh, play Arresto Cavuto, a local Italian guy who, while talented, uh, definitely was not as pricey. Probably one of the most interesting results of the weekend was Monza beating Modena 3 1. A very interesting result because, I, as I told you guys on my preview podcast, Modena a lot weaker this year than they have been previously, losing Matt Anderson, Bartosz Bednorz, and Ivan Zaitsev. So all three of their wings. And that's one of the most, that was probably one of the best, if not the best, uh, collection of wings in all of volleyball last season. So going from that to this year, they have Nemanja Petric, Moritz Karlitzek, and Daniele Lavia. So you know, while not terrible players, that's a, a huge downgrade uh, pretty much for all three of those players. And especially questionable, I thought, in this one was Moritz Kartlitzek playing opposite. And I, I may have fumbled on the scouting report before, but for me, Moritz Kartlitzek, a lot of his uh, advantage was being a serve-receive player, I, I thought, in his stints with Frankfurt and Latina the last couple of years. While, you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a fine offensive player, he's a good hitter, but... He's a little undersized, uh, needs to play a very fast tempo offense to score effectively, not graded out of system balls, and you know adds a lot to you, your team in terms of serve receive. So strange choice putting him at opposite, hitting from position uh, positions one and two in this match. I probably would have put Lavia as your opposite. I mean, I believe he's played a bit of opposite before and is probably the weakest passer out of Karlitzek uh, and Petric. So I'm sure there'll be some experimentation going on here throughout the season, but you can tell that their wings are going to be a big weakness for them going forward. Maybe Luca Vittori coming back will change it, but uh, I do not want to put a lot of faith in Luca Vittori because that is never a position you want to be in as Trentino has found out the last few years. But on the other side of the coin, I mean, Monza won this game uh, like in their own right. Adeslai Gumzija, who I was hyping up a lot before this season, 
uh, had a pretty good first game, scoring 23 points with three blocks, 18 kills, two aces. So good to see the young Turkish opposite. Yeah, he's going to be one to watch throughout the season. I'm do- working on a YouTube video right now uh, talking about some of the best prospects going forward, and he's probably you know right up at the top of the best guys going forward in the sport of volleyball. Max Holt had a really nice game, hitting 9 for 10. Almost almost had the 10 for 10. Uh, that would have been a really cool achievement, but you know, still, still a good player, fits well on this team, seems to already have a nice connection with Orduna. Those Argentinian setters are, are, are usually very nice uh, middle setters. My question with this team was the third outside hitter in my preview. And, you know, I, it seems very clear from the first game, at least, that Marco Sedlicek will be filling that role very nicely, hitting 16 for 29 for this one, 21 points total, their second leading scorer. So, yeah, maybe I uh, didn't pay enough attention to him in the last year's matches, but he seemed to be uh, pretty comfortable out there. We'll see how Sedlicek, the younger Croatian outside hitter, is doing going forward. So that's it for Italy. There's still a couple games left to play as of the recording of this podcast in the first round. But let's move on to the Polish league for now, the Plus Liga. We had a matchup between the two favorites in the league, Zaksag Kedzers and Kozil and Skral Belchatov on Saturday. You know, great, great game to kind of uh, at the start of the season. Not exactly at the start, but kind of, you know, kicking off when probably a lot of people are starting to follow the league. Unfortunately, the guy who I thought would change Scraw's fate, make them a favorite for the title this season, Taylor Sander, still injured, still not playing. I don't even think he's doing team practices yet, so not a good sign for him. Shoulder injuries can be very tough for volleyball players to come back from, but you know it is a little concerning that he took the entire year off and is still not healthy enough to play. If he decides he can't play this season, takes it off to prep for the 2021 Tokyo Olympics, that's going to be a huge blow to Scraw because they really don't have that much to back him up. I mean, Milan Kadic, fine, you know, not great as a third outside hitter in my opinion, but as a starter, if you have Champions League medal and Plus Liga champion ambitions, you know, Milan Kadic is unfortunately not going to cut it next to Milada Badapur. So yeah, they, they really need to be concerned with getting Taylor Sander healthy as soon as possible. I don't think this, obviously, this roster is going to worry about missing the playoffs without him, but but Champions League, fourth round without Taylor Sander could be another story. Matej Binik, though, on good news for Skra, had a really nice match. He He's just so deadly um, from the service line and from blocking. Like, there was one sequence, I think, at the end of the second set where he just had two blocks in a row uh, in position three and then position two and then went back to position one to serve. Boom, ace on a spin serve. So, you know, it's rare to find a middle who is so good at blocking, attacking, and serving. And, you know, maybe Beniak's not the best attacking middle in the world. Maybe he's not the fastest middle in the world, but he certainly can hurt you as an opponent in a lot of ways. For Zaxa, they're they're looking like the best team in the Plus League already. They have been for the last three few years. Um, one player who I kind of missed during my preview podcast, Camille Semenyuk, is doing a really well for them this year. Has always been kind of on the periphery of Polish outside hitters, but usually overshadowed by some of the bigger names. And especially like Polish outside hitter is maybe maybe the most contested position. <laughs> Uh, for national team in the entire world. I mean, you have like 
Wilfredo Leon, you have Michal Kubiak, you have Bartosz Szwolek, you have um, Thomas Fornal, you have Bartosz Bednorz, you have Piotr Lukas, you have just like the names of good Polish outside hitters is like 20 long of guys who maybe could start on on a few other national teams. So yeah, there's a reason why maybe he hasn't gotten any uh, uh, national team experience, but he's, he's showing that he's going to be um, contending for one of those spots going forward especially if he can keep serving the way he did, uh, scoring five aces uh, in this one, which is pretty crazy because I think they all pretty much came right in a row. So it was a really exciting moment. And another guy to highlight is Benjamin Taniuti, who, you know, maybe last season we didn't give enough credit. He was subbed off in a few key moments in France's national team play in Eurovolley and in the Tokyo Olympic qualifiers. But man, when he gets good reception and full freedom from the coach to do whatever he wants, he is an absolute magician. The offense is somehow incredibly balanced, but also incredibly unpredictable. I never know ever where Tony Udi is going to go. And I think that shows with Zaxa's pretty amazing hitting efficiency throughout the, the season so far. This game hitting 43 efficiency, not percentage. Percentage was 54, efficiency 43. So a really high number going against a tough blocking and digging team like Skral Belchatov. Other than that, in the Plus Liga, nothing too crazy so far. Zavierci, uh, the new look Zavierci is looking pretty good with Matej Malinowski doing really well in the young season so far. Garrett Magotitishia had a couple of good games as well for the American fans. Yastrebshi making quick work of a lot of opponents. Not too surprised, although they did drop a set off of Bedzin which is a, a bit of a surprise for me because I don't think any <laughs> playoff team should be dropping sets to Bezin give, given the roster that they're putting forth so far. But I have heard that they are looking to bolster their roster a bit with Canadian outside hitter Ray Zito. So, I mean, it is an interesting thing this season because there are actually a lot of fairly good players still out there that are free agents, especially North Americans that are just kind of taking the year off. They didn't get a contract or they don't, they didn't feel like it was worth it to play pro this season. So the free agent market, if you're a team that does not want to be relegated or just needs an extra player to make a strong playoff push, there are a ton of good free agents out there. Uh, probably not too expensive either. So Rizzito probably going to beds in, and I wouldn't be surprised if he is the... I would be surprised if he was the last uh, good North American player to make their way overseas kind of to reinforce a team through the season. Suvalki, kind of the surprise team of last season, also doing really well. Uh, Josh Tuaniga from Long Beach State University, second year playing pro. Was pretty good, I thought, in his first season. But I know a lot of Polish fans uh, kind of criticized his technique. But I think he's improving a lot. I think he is orchestrating the offense pretty well. And he has a nice connection with uh, Thomas Rousseau and Bolage. So, yeah, Suvalki, I think, is a playoff contender going forward. And then... A team that they beat last week that in my Plus Liga preview, a team that I really did not understand their composition. And I think that prediction was right. And that is uh, Olsen. I criticized them because I just didn't understand why they signed Robert Andrinja and Ruben Schott, two players who, in my opinion, fill very similar roles as pass first undersized outside hitters who complement a more offensive group of guys. I feel like right now they really 
are putting all their eggs in Damien Shell's having a really strong resurgence season. And obviously that was unlikely to happen given how poor he was last year. And, he, and yeah, he hasn't been playing that well, struggling a bit. Um, and yeah, Olshin is really not doing well so far. 0-3 at the bottom of the league, down with beds in. So yeah, I mean, you could have you could have seen this roster composition issue coming at the beginning of the season. And now it's rearing her head. So they've, they've got to find some combination of players that's not going to end up um, like this. And unfortunately, I think it means definitely benching uh, one of Andringa or Ruben Schott. In Russia, we had our first matches played as well. The new look Kuzbas Kamarovo beat a very hyped Zenit St. Petersburg team. And I'm guilty of this. I... I really, really like the Senate St. Petersburg team on paper. You know, they made a lot of really good signings, bringing in Kliuka, bringing in Polataya, bringing in Antoine Brizard. I mean, yeah, first game, but we'll see. Kliuka looked a bit sloppy in this one. And Kuzbas Kemerovo with Ivan Zaitsev had a nice game, scoring 23 points in this one. Yeah, I think, I think the Russian league is going to be a really exciting one to watch because already we see Zenit St. Petersburg and Kemerovo go really... Uh, good head-to-head. We see Zenikazan and Fekel have a five-set match, which Zenikazan won in the last set. We have Earl Ufa, where Machi Muzai, Gord Perrin teaming up. Muzai, an amazing uh, first match, hitting 15 for 25, which is pretty crazy. So yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Poland is fun because they have really good TV production and there's a lot of good foreign players, but really it looks like unless something can changes, Zaxa is going to run away with it. I'm really not sure what's going to happen in Russia. Obviously, Zenit Kazan, probably the favorites here, but it could go so many different ways. Also, I just found this out today, but uh, the Russian broadcaster TV Start is broadcasting. I mean, tvstart.ru has the matches live for free, and also the YouTube channel TV Start posts all the matches after. So the Russian league has never been this accessible. And I know I've ignored it a bit in the past, mostly because it hasn't been as accessible. It has a low foreign player limit and only half the teams really have foreign players. But the battle between the top five or six teams in Russia, I didn't even mention uh, Navasa Brisk yet, I think it's going to be really exciting this year. There's so, so many physically gifted, athletic, talented Russian players that I think the battle in Russia is going to be really fun. So I think I'll be following it a bit closer uh, this year. Other than that, we have Champions League starting first round. Uh, Trentino, Moscow playing their first matches soon. So those are the teams to really uh, pick up on in the first round. Yastrzemski Vigil already very easily made their way through their first tournament uh, and shouldn't be an issue uh, for Moscow or Trentino either. So just, just a quick refresher if you guys didn't know the format this year. There's many tournaments taking place. So between three teams... So Yastrzemski, Moscow, and Trentino, all three of them, and I guess Mosaic as well, competing for um, one spot in the uh, fourth, or two spots in the fourth round, and they have to make their way through two tournaments to do it. So uh, one three-team tournament in the first round and one three-team tournament in the second round. However, the way the drawing of lots played out is that Yastrzemski Vigil basically has no good teams to play against, while Moscow, Mosaic, and Trentino are all going to probably be in pools against each other uh, in the second round. So that is going to be really exciting. Uh, keep that in mind in your calendar. And yeah, I'm very glad volleyball starting. 
Hope you guys are excited. And I will talk to you next time on the 5-1 Volleyball Podcast. Thanks. Thank you.